Now, here's the starting lineup for the Generations Sports Podcast, presented by Calf Sports. And co-host at six foot three, he's a self-proclaimed sports expert, a true Cinderella story representing the Boomers from La Mirada, California, the Unc, Bill Lankovich. At producer and show contributor at six foot two, a recent graduate of Northern Arizona University after a six-year college career just to achieve a bachelor's degree. Some days he feels like a millennial, other days he's Gen Z. From Santa Barbara, California, Casey Everett. At co-host, the man in the middle, standing six feet tall, he's a member of the true greatest generation, Generation X, a lover of all sports and despises everything Dodgers and Lakers. He has one solo tackle in his high school football career from St. John's, Arizona, Dave Zorn. At co-host, standing 6-1, he averaged a career triple-double at his local YMCA. And he's also a boomer, once known as the trainer. He now power naps like he used to power lift. From San Bernardino, California, Jeff Kennedy. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Whenever it is, wherever you are, welcome to the Generation Sports Podcast. I'm Jeff Kennedy, along with... Bill Unkovich. Bill Unkovich. Zorn, Zorn, Zorn. <laughs> and Casey. Good. Casey, you always kind of just bring down that energy, you know. Just for the intro, and then I get more hyped up as we go, you know what I mean? Absolutely. Coming up on today's show, we've got our temp check of Major League Baseball, who's hot, who's not. We'll look at division leaders. We'll also look at the wild card races. We also have our Stump the Unk trivia segment, where we get to get one pass. Our in-house expert prognosticator, Bill Unkovich from the Doghouse. And then we're going to take a look at our NFL, NFC winners and losers. We did AFC last week. We're going to take a look at the NFC this week, who we think is going to be good, who we think is going to be a dog. And then, of course, betting with Bill, Bill's best bets of the week. Sports Around the Mountain brought to you by the Doghouse, Flagstaff's favorite comfort food. Dave Zorn will have that for you. And we also have our sports through the ages. I missed that somewhere in there, but Dave Zorn. Has a, has a pretty cool feature for us today. Looking forward to that. And we'll wrap things up with crunch time. Each of us getting a minute for our final thoughts. All right, let's get started. Major League Baseball temp check. Casey, I'm going to start with you this morning. We're going to look at the National League first. National League first. National sure. League first. What do you think? Who's hot? Oh, man. Um, I really like the Phillies right now. Obviously, the Phillies always come into their own as the season ends. They're sitting at 82 or 74 and 58. Uh, they've won the last five games, eight and two in their last ten. This is a team that you do not want to play in the in the playoffs. They're always that team that's ready for the playoffs when it comes around. So I'm really excited to see what the Phillies do. It's I found this funny stat: Carl or Kyle Schwarber is having the same exact season he's had last year. Same amount of hits, almost the same amount of RBIs, home runs, everything. He's having a similar season, just the batting average. It's different. He's batting under 200, but that's what Kyle Schwarber does. He's Babe Ruth with, <laughs> with, without the average. Yeah, without the yeah, average. With, with, without the average. Yeah, Bill, you're, you can go next. Um, National League, hot. Well, we didn't, didn't get your knot, Casey. My knot? Oh, man, there's plenty. Um, <laughs> I think San Diego is just terrible. They've been really bad. We saw what happened with Cincinnati yesterday. They mm. almost got no hit by Alex Cobb of the San Francisco Giants. He was eight and two-thirds and didn't get the last out. Super close to getting a no-hitter. But, yeah, uh, Cincinnati is one of those teams where I'm, like, really excited to watch them. A lot of young prospects, but I think they're doing 
the young thing where they're too young and they want to succeed now and it's just not going to happen this year. Bill, you had a chance to see him live a week ago. Oh, absolutely. Uh, we went to the Diamondback Reds game, front row, just incredible, watching this young team. Cincinnati is uh, will be contending in the next couple of years. Yeah, they're fun to watch. So who's hot, who's not for you? You know, I, I'm kind of right there with Casey. The Braves, they've scored more runs in the league and given up the least amount of runs in the league. That's very important. You, you cannot discount them. Uh, the Braves are, are just on fire. The Phillies, they're a distant second, but they have some great players. Uh, they made a big run last year. Lots of experienced guys. Harper, Turner, Castellanos, Schwarber, Alec Bond hit a big three-run bomb last night. They're, they're, they're on fire. They have 55 home runs this month. That's an all-time record for a team that's been in baseball since 1883, and they got two more games to, to pad it on. So they're the two hot teams in the National League. And, I, you know, the Dodgers are up there, too. I think one of those three teams will be representing and probably win the World, World Series this year. Wow. Wow. All right. DZ? Yeah. Hey, you know what? Let me uh, – I'll, I'll start. Let me give you an overview of the division leaders in wild card. Now, I'll, then I'll break mine down a little bit. Quickly, uh, for the uh, National League, Atlanta leads their division by 12 and a half games. The Brewers lead the uh, Central by four. The Dodgers, yeah, 13 and a half. Uh, they lead the division there. American League, Orioles by two and a half. Twins by six. And the Rangers, Mariners, and Astros, as of Wednesday, as we're taping this, all tied for the lead in the AL West. And they have the top two wild card spots in the West as well. In the NL wild card, Phillies have the lead in the number one wild card by five. Cubs are four behind them. Giants have the final spot. D-backs half game back. The Reds are two. Marlins are three in the NL. And the AL wild card, the Rays lead their number one spot by five and a half. And I told you about uh, the Rangers, Mariners, and Astros kerfuffle there. Uh, and Toronto, three and a half back there. So my hot team, I'm going the Milwaukee Brewers. Uh, and actually, I could go with the Cubs too but because they're both winning at the same time. But the Brewers have the lead in the division. Uh, they've been playing excellent baseball as of late, so I'll go with them. And the loser, got to be the Reds. I mean, they have absolutely fallen apart in the last like week or two. Absolutely. So I like most of that. And the Milwaukee Brewers, you know, nine of their last 10 games, they're on fire right now. Philadelphia playing well like they did last year at the end of the season. And Casey, I'm with you. They are that team in the National League that when the playoffs start, you don't want to play them. They're you know, completely they, different team. They're completely different. But you know what? And I'll be quick on this. Not so fast. Have we forgotten that the Dodgers have won 23 of 27 games this month? I don't care. Dave doesn't uh, care. I think that's very impressive. 23 of 27 games. And listen, they are still, at least over the last month, they're the hottest team in baseball. And they're still chasing the Braves by four games, which speaks to their Crazy. consistency. Yeah. Crazy how good they've been. Jeff, I want to add one more thing about the Braves. Uh, they have five guys that are going to hit 30 home runs this year. That's never been done before. Acuna needs one more. Albies just came off the disabled list. He needs two more. That's just spectacular. Absolutely. And that's just, I mean, really, that is a statement of just how good they've been this year. They are they are the one team out there that's just so scary good and they have no holes. The not in, in the National League for me, I got to go with the Marlins. You know, a couple weeks ago, we were talking about them in the wild card race and they just continue to fade. They've only won three of their last 10 games and they're going in the wrong direction. Cincy also, but I think the fall for Miami is a little bit is a little bit harder. All right, let's turn our attention to the American League. Dave, this time, well, you already gave your American League, but I'm going to I'm going to come back around to you and and we'll start with you. No, You're you hot and not I did, and I did, your wild card. I, did, I just did the standings. Okay. Well, I, I can do hot. And, yeah. Okay. All right. Hold on. Let me look at, let me look at my sheet again. Um let me see with the God, you know what? 
Tim, you know what? I, I'm gonna I'm gonna do something off the board a little bit. My hot, the Rangers, Mariners, and Astros, all three of them, because yeah. that's crazy that they're all three tied for the division as we're speaking today. So yeah. I'm going with all three of them, and just because I like just piling on a, a team I don't like. My loser, pretty much for until the season's over, is going to be the Yankees. Okay. Because they're just a bunch of losers. <laughs> you and either I, love or way, hate the Yankees. There's the no way, in between. But let me preface this. The way they're playing baseball right now is ridiculous. I mean, they even got John Sterling mad at them the other night. I, I yeah. saw a clip of them. It's like uh runner went for third base, and the guy's just kind of standing there going, come on, let me tag you. And, and he lost his mind. So when you get John Sterling mad at you, now you know something's wrong. But it, they're losers anyway. They're the losers every week for yeah, me. You are failing when that happens. But just a little bit off off topic. The Yankees and, and even the Padres, I mean, you look at and you go, they are losing and really losing badly. And you still look at them and go, like, you should be winning some games. Like, you should be winning some series out there. And yet both of those teams have just fallen terrible. off. Terrible. Yeah, I just want to add on that, too. They just waved Harrison Bader and Josh Donaldson off the Yankees. Yeah. And Harrison Bader wasn't having, like, a terrible year, but he wasn't having a great year. Now he's going to be able to go to a team and be a spark plug for a playoff team. Let me add one more because I just, I just now thought of it because I, I totally forgot this. I'm going to actually replace the Yankees. I'm replacing them at the last minute here with the Angels. What they did last <laughs> night and waving five guys, two of three of which they traded for at the deadline and gave up two, pro, two high-level prospects for, it's just a salary dump. And now you've got Trout on the IL. I don't, is is Otani done now? Or, or he's, he's hitting. hitting. He's still hitting. I, I feel so bad for Angel fans. Sorry, Bill. I mean, I, I feel so bad for Angel fans having to go through this. This is just incredibly bad management by that baseball team. I, I heard a great segment on the radio um, by ESPN. Five worst sports franchises in sports right now. <laughs> and the Angels were one of them. Mm. And they, whatever they do never seems to work out. And they're either stake-bitten, Artie Marino's an Arizona guy, the owner. But yes, whatever yeah. they do never seems to turn out right. Salary dump is just part of baseball. But unfortunately, I think Otani's going to leave now. Yeah, I think it's going to be difficult to hold on to him. Bill, nice segue to you, though. Uh, American League, hot and not. Um, I continue to be amazed by the Orioles and how they get it done with such a young team. My uncle lives back there. I talked to him over the weekend, and the whole town's excited. It's electric. They're just playing great baseball. Houston, on the other hand, uh, to add on, the last three games I scored, 13, 17, 9, and 9, they're on fire. Altuve, Bregman, Tucker, those guys are getting three or four hits every single night. Watch out for them. Uh, Jeff said that a couple weeks ago. I was hanging with Texas. They're kind of the team that's disappointing the last couple weeks and just not getting it done. Uh, Minnesota, they're in a weak division. They're seven games over 500. I think they're one and done. They get in the playoffs and they're out. But I'm I'm looking for the Orioles and the Astros to to eventually play for the American League Championship. Yeah, and I have to add on that. Another AL East team, I mean – with all the things that have been going on with the Rays recently, they still managed to win baseball games. They're eight and two in their last ten games. Been playing great baseball throughout the controversy and all the stuff going on with Wander Franco. They pull out wins, and they're going to be either they're going to win that division or be a wild card team. They're actually one of the teams that I bet very frequently, and yeah. um, they provide a good return. <laughs> good, nice. Way. There, there's one of your best bets of the week for Bill. Bet the Rays. Bet Tampa Bay every night. Absolutely. Hey, listen, you guys didn't mention Seattle. You kind of threw them in there with the rest of the AL West. 
Seattle is on fire right now. They they are playing probably the league's best baseball uh, consistently, at least over the last week and a half, two weeks. They are scary good right now, and they're getting it done in so many different areas. And yet, with that, I still flip back to the Baltimore Orioles. They just keep winning, and they've consistently done that all season long. And isn't it isn't it interesting? They're they're probably going to end up being the American League's best team, and not very many people are going to know that. Are going to know that, <laughs> let alone think that they are the legitimate front runner to represent the American League in the World Series. Great point. All right, and and listen, there's there's a few knots, but the Texas Rangers have won, what, three of their last ten games. They're going the wrong direction, and they're going that direction quickly. Houston was looking that way, but they have stepped up the last few games, winning their last three, and they're starting to turn it around at the right time. All right, we're going to kind of move away from that for a moment. It's time for our Stump the Unk segment. Now, this is our chance to see if we can get one by Bill, which I think we've done pretty well yeah, the, I think so. the last couple weeks. I'm losing my credibility. Bill, you get these. All right, okay. so I'll, I'll tell you what. Let, last week, I, Casey went first. DZ, you get to go first this time. It's time for Stump the Unk. Question. <laughs> I want to ask you a bunch of questions, and I want to have them answered immediately. All right, I'm first up here. Okay, here we go, Bill. What is the oldest NFL franchise in continuous operation with the same name in the same location? So basically, the Cleveland Browns aren't it. <clears throat> because you know, they've been the, there's two versions of them. Very good question. I, I know there was, I, I believe, five or six original teams. Um, I'm going to, I've got two in mind. I'm going to go with the uh, Chicago Bears. Oh, it was probably the other one. The Packers? Yep. Yeah, this is two weeks in a row. <laughs> they were founded in 1919, joined the NFL in 1921. Great question. Oh. That's a great question. All right, Casey, you're up. Wait, I have to click the button. Oh, oh no. <laughs> <laughs> All right, my question. Uh, who was the last player in baseball to have a 40-40 season? So 40 home runs and 40 stolen bases. I you, thought I knew this, but I didn't. It, it's a big stat, and it, we've kind of gotten away from it because guys are doing it a little more frequently than they used to. 40-40 is a big number. Um Acuna is about ready to have 30-60. That's never been done before, uh, so he'll have his own stat. Uh, I'm going to go with Jose Canseco. Oh, man. We thought we were giving up these things. Does anybody else have a guess for this? Jose Soto? I was was saying Bonds, but that wasn't it. But um, No. Alfonso Soriano. Yeah, that, that's a, a great question. I thought I had it too, I don't Bill. know I, I would have Zico. put him up there, and I forgot about that. Yeah. He, he, he was phenomenal. Not a long career, but uh, compact. He put up some big numbers. Yeah, for so, the Washington Nationals, by the way. He See, that, that should have been your, your clue. I heard right? that clue, so that's why I went to Soto as my backup, but I <laughs> yeah. forgot about Soriano. He, he gave the Yankees a lead in Game 7 of the 2001 World Series with the solo home run. Mm. Yeah. Good. All right, I got one for you. I know that you're going to get this one, Bill. Who was the only American League batting champion without a home run the season that he won the award? God, I used to be great at that. Um, that's you know, I know batting titles and things. I'm gonna, I'm gonna guess Rod Carew. Bam! You got it. Whoa! Yeah, wait, wait, I have. Wait, 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 do we have a? Do we have a winner? Thing I think so. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, God. Oh, God. I think that's perfect. Clam clap. 
It's a pretty good. Pretty I think it's pretty there. perfect for you. Got to get a couple more right to up the. Up yeah, the we'll we'll give, we'll give you more applause if you get a few more. He's crowded after he's home run. Yeah, because there's nobody there. Very perceptive, Jeff. You got to get that average up to get a better one. Good, good job there, Bill Rod Carew. He did it with the Twins in 1972. He hit 318 that year. Not yeah. a single home run. I don't know if he was with the Angels yet. He might might have been with Minnesota. Yeah, um, he, it was with Minnesota. Yeah. Was it? Yeah, that okay. was with the Twins. You bet. All right, hitter. By the way. Oh my goodness. That, well, and the reason why I figured Bill would get this, we've had many conversations about hitting over the years, and Bill had told me that one of his all-time favorite hitters. Well, we had this conversation like, who's the best hitter you ever saw? And I, it wasn't that long ago we had this conversation. He's like. I'd have to say Rod Carew. Well, there you go. And, Rod and Carew, so, hit, I saw him hit an opposite field home run, drag bunt single, hits one up the gap to right field, and a little blooper, you know, four hits, all different styles, all different pitches. In person, it was phenomenal. Yeah. One of the great hitters of all time. Yes, yeah. definitely. I um, think he won seven batting titles. Wow. I looked that up the other day for some reason. Yeah. See, Casey, you're probably maybe a little young to know all about Rod Carew, but you're his No, I, I know Rod Carew. You're, you're, of course. Well, yeah. You're. I grew up in Southern California. Okay. So, so yeah. <laughs> I know Rod Carew. <laughs> nice. All right, guys. Let's um, let's turn our attention to the National Football League. How almost fun. that time of year. It's almost that time of year. Um, we can quickly get through a preview of the, the NFL and then a little bit of college football talk since we've got games on this week. Let's... Uh, so that we're going to look at the NFC this year, just kind of our winners and losers in each division, if you want to do that. Let's uh, start with the NFC West. And, Bill, I'm going to take you first this time. Okay. Again, the 49ers, they're the class. Purdy's back after the injury in the NFC Championship game, and they're loaded on both sides of the ball. Bose is holding out. Um, have it on good authority that he'll be back in this week. A lot, a lot of the big-time guys hold out for the whole exhibition season you know they don't really need to be out there they're just a great organization they moved Trey Lance um I I think that's a great call they traded the Cowboys I don't know how much he's going to do but what I heard was very interesting was the Cowboys did that because they wanted access to the 49ers playbook if that's the real reason they did that I I think that's pretty interesting yeah but I, I think I think they're going to have a phenomenal year but can you imagine how great they would be if they had all those draft picks that they gave away to get Trey Lance. Oh yeah, even yeah, better. No as good as they are. All right, what about what about your uh, NFC West dog? <laughs> uh, that's that's going to be the Cardinals, <laughs> and, and we're going to have more to come on that <laughs> on the uh, the final segment. But the Rams are just a, a notch above that, so it's going to be a, a weak year for the NFC West. All right, with, that's a great segue to you, Dave. <laughs> Thanks. Well, you know, I actually have the same teams as, as Bill, and and somewhat the same reason for the for the Niners. Uh, you know, Brock Purdy, uh, you know, the Perry High School uh, product from East East Valley, um, the, the prodigy of one, you know, Dan Minucci, our friend, mutual friend the of ours. quarterback guru. Quarterback guru, yeah. <laughs> and plus, he, he never stops talking about it either. Uh, but the Niners actually, they got rid of Trey Lance because they just didn't have any confidence in him anymore. And he had a horrible preseason where he was like kind of kind of skittish a lot uh, during those few games. But they have Sam Darnold as a backup, so you don't really need Trey Lance. So he's the he's backing up Purdy. Which is good. Purdy actually may be running a little bit more because the O line really isn't that great. If there's a weakness for the Niners, might be up up on the O line. But you know, they're the for me they're the winner in that division because someone has to be because the division's terrible. Of course, that segues into the losers, and I, mean, I I can't avoid it. It's the Arizona Cardinals. I mean, they waived Colt McCoy due to a bad preseason, so they say. 
Uh, but he's a veteran that makes plays during the regular season. I mean, he's a locker room guy, and you still dump him. Uh, it makes no sense. They traded Isaiah Simmons away to the Giants. You, the guy didn't obviously play in the preseason like he didn't want to be there. His first preseason game with the Giants, he dominated. Duh, he didn't want to be in Arizona anymore, so they, got, they, they shipped him out. Josh Dobbs is a starting quarterback, probably, or the rookie from, from Houston. I mean, I could go on and on, but this is getting ridiculous. I don't know why Buda Baker's still there. He wanted he wanted out, but he can't find a trade for him. They trade everybody else. Why not find a trade for Buda Baker? I just checked right now, by the way, here on a Wednesday. They just claimed six guys off of waivers because they dumped everybody else. Yeah. So, no, they're an embarrassment. They are the worst franchise in the NFL. Some would say they have been for decades. And I'd be surprised they actually win a single game this year. You're honestly. stealing all my crunch time information, Dave. I got another rant. Well, here's the thing. It's like, and when we get there, and I'm, Casey, I'm going to let you go first, but I'm going to spend way less time talking about a bad team. Yeah. Uh, so my winner for this division, I think the 49ers, obviously the class of a division, but I really like Seattle and I think they might be yeah. a, a kind of sneaky team. They have the receiving core with DK mm-hmm. Metcalf, Tyler Lockett. I guess they got another guy that's similar to that kind of standard. Uh, and Geno Smith had a great year last year. I know sure. a lot of people are not props. sold. No, yeah, he I did. Props, but I think people, their team's going to be looking out for him now. I, I, I don't think you'll see the same guy. Yeah, but I, yeah, and they got a good running back, Kenneth Walker the third, who's really good. He was actually a top fantasy pick this year. So, I mean, they have a really good offense. Their defense is where it's always the question with Seattle, whether they're going to be good or not. But, I mean, their offense is going to be up there. They're going to score a lot of points, whether they can – a lot like disallow a lot of points that's a that's the question pp Carroll will keep them competitive yeah and their defense will be good i mean he's a defensive minded coach they're gonna be fine um probably agree with the worst i don't think i have to say it's, uh, it's yeah, the cardinals yeah. <laughs> with the ramp but the rams are not that great either mm-hmm. they they're not they're very bad they're not. No, it's not that close bill all right so so <laughs> and, and and i agree with all of you guys the 49ers are the class of the division check this out this division the nfc west has been one of the best in the NFL over the last decade. They've produced six NFC Conference champions, okay? And they played played in the Conference Championship a number of other years. The division has a chance to yet again produce a Conference champion, I believe, and the 49ers are the best. They're, they arguably have the best roster in the NFL after going 13-4 and four in the regular season last year. And get this, they've been to the Conference Championship in five of the ten years just by themselves. I think they're going to have another excellent season. Here's and, and you talked about Geno Smith a second ago with Seattle that this year will be more difficult because coaches will have the book on him. I think the same could be true for Brock Purdy. I agree. You know, yeah. quarterback sophomore year is often their most difficult because let's face it, pretty much the smartest people on the field are the coordinators, and they are going to look at what you did well, where you were comfortable. They're going to take that away from him. And he's going to have to go with second or third options. We'll see how he fares. Now, if there's anybody who's in the right system to be able to excel in the second, it's Brock Purdy. Because he's he, he can dump off to Christian McCaffrey. He's got Debo Samuel. I mean, there are weapons there. And so he's got Kittle. I mean, there are just so many great parts around him. He's probably going to still have a, an okay to good season. And with that roster... Okay, is probably good enough. As long as he doesn't lose games for them, they probably win 13 games this season. The have dog. To, have to agree with that. Yeah. yeah the, the dog, Arizona Cardinals, enough said. 
All right. Next. <laughs> next. <laughs> Thank you, next. <laughs> Thank you, next. Uh, Casey, I'm going to start. Well, Dave, I, have I started with you yet? No. All right, we're going to start with you, but we're going to look at the NFC North. Good, because that's what I had next. Um, <laughs> this was tough. I mean, four, divi- four teams that can, all four of them, I think, could win a division, honestly. Um, except for maybe Green Bay, and that may be a precursor of what my loser is. But uh, And I can't believe I'm going to do this, because I, I know better, but i got to say the winner is the Detroit Lions. Uh, and there's a reason for that. Uh, I, Jared Goff is a veteran quarterback now. He had success with the Rams. I think he's pretty serviceable. And, and they have weapons on offense. They drafted Jameer Gibbs as a solid runner in the backfield. Now they have a healthy Jamison Will- Williams, who's another weapon, and their offense was one of the best in the league last year. The problem with Detroit... There's two things. One, defense. Well, that's been the problem. They were one of the worst last year. But they have to be at least just average this year because they got a good offense. The thing they have to overcome, too, is a mental thing. For whatever reason, the last three or four years, the Detroit Lions have been completely allergic to fourth quarters. (laughs) They can have like a three-touchdown lead going in the fourth quarter, and they'll lose on the last second field goal. So they've got to figure out how to win games in the fourth quarter, especially when it's tight. I love their coach. I think they've got a great coach in Dan Campbell. Um, But I also think the additions to the offense and defense – is just enough to get the Lions uh, to win the division. They're my winners going into the North. Losers, Green Bay Packers. I know, Bill, you're not a big Aaron Rodgers fan. I am. Uh, you know, I'm, I've been watching Hard Knocks and the transition with the Jets. It's been great. And I think he's a good locker room guy. He's a good teammate. Um, We're talking about Aaron Rodgers? Yeah. yeah I, I, but, but, I'm saying what I'm seeing, what I'm hmm. seeing now. Um, you, you, lose, you lose Aaron, lose Aaron Rodgers, you get Jordan Love, who's – Still new. He's played well in the preseason, which doesn't mean much, but he finally gets his chance. Yeah. But he's got some cushion there with two great running backs in Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon. So that's good. They're going to depend on the running game quite a bit. Um, However, they're going to have to depend on him in certain situations, especially in close games. I think it's just too much of a drop off. The Packers are in rebuilding uh, mode. It may be short lived for this year because they are building it the right way. I had to pick a loser, and I, I just went with Green Bay this time. Yeah, so for my winners, I have to say the Vikings. I mean, when you have the about them. when you have the best wide receiver wide receiver in the whole league, in my perspective, Justin Jefferson. I mean, you're gonna have a chance. He's how many yards did he get last season? It was hard to. I think he had seventeen hundred. Like, I think yeah, yeah, something ridiculous. So, and I mean, Kirk Cousins. I just watched quarterback, which is a great series too. And yeah, they can't win in the playoffs, but they're gonna get there. <laughs> so, um, I think the Vikings are gonna be that team in that division. And the losers, you have to say the Packers because you don't know what you're really getting out of them this season right. without Aaron Rodgers. So, I mean, Jordan Love. Yeah, he's taking over the reins of an all-time great quarterback, and it's going to be a weird transition. But I think they're a good organization. They're a good organization, mm-hmm. right? And they could—I don't think there'll be a 500 team this year, but they could be right there around the 500 mark. Yeah, eight and nine somewhere in there. Yeah. Okay, um, scary, and uh, I don't like to agree with Dave, but uh, I'm taking the Detroit Lions. <laughs> uh, my last week, my Jared Goff call for the MVP is a bit of a long shot, but. <laughs> He had 30 touchdowns and only seven interceptions last year. I love Dan Campbell and what he's done to that loser organization. He's really turned it around. Um, they, To Dave's point, they drafted primarily defense yeah. this year. They knew where they had issues. I think they're going to be ready, and, and they're, they're young. They finished super strong last year. It's definitely a team to watch out for this year. The Bears, the Packers, and the Vikings, they all think they can win the division. The Vikings won like nine or ten one score games last year. That's very hard to do that. The Raiders did it a couple years ago. Usually does not fare well for the team coming back. Jordan Love finally gets his chance at Green Bay. 
I'm anxious to see how he does, a Utah State guy. And Justin Fields needs to build on his very strong season last year. So I think it's going to be a very competitive division. I, I think it will be also. I, I'm Listen, I agree with you guys. I like Detroit. No, no knock. Minnesota could be there. I like Detroit. And I'm just going to make one point there because you already talked about you know, Jared Goff and their offense. They improved their defensive secondary in the offseason. I think that's going to fare well for them because defense really was the issue. And they don't need a top 10 defense to exceed expectations. They just need to be better than they were last year. Yeah, and average. They, and, right. And, and they probably win this division. On the flip side, as much as, and this is said with no level of certainty at all, the Green Bay Packers, in a rebuilding season, Jordan Love, hey, he may turn out to be okay. You know, I don't expect that it's going to be a smooth transition like Aaron, like Brett Favre to Aaron Rodgers was. There's too large of a drop off there. And again, if he's just okay, does that make is that the difference between a four win team or an eight win team? I don't think so. He's going to almost have to be spectacular for them to get to near or better than 500. And I haven't seen that. So I think the Green Bay Packers probably end up taking several steps back in the division and are picking up the rear there. I, I just want to throw in real quick, we use the term 500 season, and the NFL plays an odd number of games. Yeah. I think that's stupid. Why, why they just add another game? <laughs> they make more money anyway. So, but we, everybody's going to be 8-9, and 9-8. Nine, nine and eight, you yeah. know. All right, Casey, NFC South. NFC South. Uh, I'm laughing already because I think this is the Saints division to lose if they – don't win this division with the type of teams in this division. I mean, it's a it's a bust. They have Michael Thomas coming back. Obviously, Alvin Kamara is suspended the first three games of the season. They have Chris Olave. They have a really good offense. Their defense is always up there. They're a good, sound defensive team. Uh, Derek Carr obviously coming in. We haven't had a quarterback, or not we, the Saints haven't had a quarterback in the last couple of years. I'm not sure you still don't. I'm not sure you have I a mean, quarterback now. I mean, better than what we had Okay. or the Saints had. They didn't have – they ha- They were rotating between Tatum Hill, who now plays tight end and running back, gave him all that money. They had Jameis Winston, who was actually pretty decent for them. I mean, Andy Dalton. It's been a mess at the quarterback position. Now they have their guy, supposedly. But the losers, it's everyone else. And everyone else in this division, I mean, the Buccaneers still have a good wide receive core. They could be second in that division, but everybody else in that division is just terrible. So I think it's the Saints' division to lose this year. If they do not win that division, I'll be really shocked. Yeah, I I have to agree with Casey. Um, New Orleans probably has the upper hand here. Um, Just touching on Carolina, the rookie quarterback, Bryce Young, I did some research last night, and it's he's either lost five or six games the last eight years of his high school and college career. Wow. The kid's a winner. They got a bad offensive line. If he gets hit the way he's done in this exhibition season, it's going to be a long year. But the kid's a winner. I, I really like him. Tampa Bay and the Falcons, they're going to struggle. This is a bad division. It's going to be hard to watch. I don't have anything to add other than Casey. He did a good job breaking it down. Yeah, the Saints, by all means, are the are the best in the division, and the rest of them are suck eggs. How's that for an 80s term we need to bring back, huh? Uh, suck eggs. I, well, <laughs> and, and one and one thing that we didn't, because it, it's, 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 it's a fact on the Saints. They're the best team in the division. And did you know that at least starting the season, we never know how some of these teams are going to fare, but before a game has been played, they have the easiest schedule in the league. 
Okay, so that helps. That that that, that, that does help. That, that that does help. Fourteen and, and three coming up. Yeah, and, and they let's go. They could be you know thirteen and four. There, I think they get to twelve game, twelve wins for yeah. sure. Uh, the Buccaneers, they have to make that transition from Tom Brady to Baker Mayfield or Kyle Trask. Fun. Who? <laughs> and there, and enough said, right? The Cardinals may have better quarterbacks, but they do have a good wide receiving core with Mike Evans and uh, what's his name. They've got some. Yeah. They've got some. They've got some around. pieces. Yeah, they got some talent around. And, Joe Smith. And, and Mayfield at least has some potential as a reclamation project, right? And a head pro- and a head case too. Yeah, yeah we'll we'll see. He's right. got to quit making commercials and concentrate on football. <laughs> <laughs> Why are you trying to take away his money, man? Uh, they they have enough money. <laughs> they have enough money. All right. Let's quarterback in the No NFL. one's going to remember you. He had a really cool commercial. No, they're going to say he was a good or bad quarterback. That's how I want to be remembered. Unless he's got an acting career in his no. future. Yeah, we'll see. All I want is a sandwich named after me. That's it. <laughs> Bill, you can make that happen. He should make that happen. <laughs> Dave Zorn Monster Burger. Oh, just, just Zorn. <laughs> you, know, you know, you actually are the, you're sitting in the room with a guy who can actually make that happen. I, I just okay? thought of that. We yeah. can work on that. We, we could, that could be sponsorable, Dave. That's yeah. right. All right. Well, <laughs> you don't need to be get the some first and last name. Just, just do the last <laughs> name works. Bill Lunkovich, owner of the Doghouse, Flagstaff's favorite comfort food. And wouldn't it be kind of cool to walk up there to the counter one day or drive up and there's a Dave Zorn sandwich? Zorn. You don't need my first name to it. Just the Zorn? I think it's better marketing if you use my last name. Just Zorn, Zorn Monster Burger. That has a ring to it. See? <laughs> Zorn's Monster Burger. You got to have the S All right, on that, it. That yeah, could true. end up happening. All right, you guys we'll work, work, we'll work on it. You guys work out. The, you're, 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 have your people talk to each other and work this out. Okay? <laughs> yeah, talk behind the scenes. Yeah, 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 yeah behind the scenes. We, we, we got a podcast to do. Well, yeah, we don't have any more time for this. Anyway, to the NFC East we go. NFC East. And you know what? Let's, Dave, I'm going to start with you again. Well, you haven't started yet. You know what? Do you want to start? Okay, I'll start. Oh, yeah, go ahead. Well, the, for me, the winner <laughs> got to be defending NFC champs, Philadelphia. I mean, you, you can't really take them off a pedestal. Uh, in the offseason, they locked in, uh, you know, the quarterback for a five-year, $255 million deal. Uh, back are A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith. Also, Jason Kelsey's back. I mean, they're, bringing, they're getting the band back together pretty much. They did lose a few guys, but... I think in this division, the Eagles are by far the standout, and, and we'll go with the defending champs on that one. The losers, oh, I love saying loser in this team name at the same thing, the Dallas Cowboys, only because they still have Mike, Marthy, Mike McCarthy as head coach. They still have an incredibly overrated quarterback in Dak Prescott, and they've done nothing to get rid of them. The Cowboys trade for Trey Lance just for insurance uh, because the Niners dealt him, like we said, they have no confidence in him. I almost went with Washington as my winner, by the way, due to the fact that they hired uh, Kansas City offensive coordinator Eric Bieniemy in the offseason. And that guy should be a head coach. It's, it's a crime that he's not. Um, I almost went to the Giants since I dislike the Giants as much as the Cowboys. But since a meteor probably will hit AT&T Stadium or MetLife Stadium when the two teams play, I had to pick a loser anyway, so it's the Cowboys. Okay, Bill. Okay, it's, it's hard to pick against the Eagles. They're loaded. Jalen Hurts hopes to build on his uh, – Breakout season from last year. I'm a huge fan of this guy. I saw a weightlifting video where he's deadlifting a thousand pounds or squatting <laughs> 500 pounds. I mean, he's just incredible. Um, I, I think he's going to have the year again. I think he's going to win the MVP, and I actually I bet that too. Uh, the New York <laughs> Giants. Daniel Jones got to improve on his measly 15 touchdown passes last year. And they're going to go as far as Saquon Barkley takes them. They need more contributions, uh, the Giants do, from their wide receivers. And it's it's just going to be a, a crazy year. Um, the Cowboys, 
They have Super Bowl aspirations every year. They can't even win an entry-level playoff game. Ezekiel Elliott's gone. Uh, wasn't much the last couple of years. I don't think there is America's team anymore. And I want to know who came up with that, who marketed that for the Cowboys. <laughs> that was brilliant. <laughs> 20 years later, there's still, quote, America's team. Not really. Not really. Not really. Casey? Yeah, I think it's pretty obvious who the winner of this division. It's Philly. I got to meet a lot of the players last year at the Super Bowl. It was really cool. Um, so I think they're going to add on. to, the, And they added like three great running backs all, during the offseason. They got rid of Miles Sanders, and then they got Rashad Penny, and I think they got a couple more. So they have a really good running back core now. Um, so I think they're obviously the winner of that division. The L. This was actually pretty tough. I think it's a really competitive division. Uh, I picked the Giants just because I don't know what Daniel Jones is going to do this year. And he, it could have been a one-season wonder last year. We saw the Giants go from a team that wasn't very good the year before to a playoff team. So I'm, I'm not sold on the Giants right now. Okay. Um, I'm going to go a little bit different direction, guys. And, and Philadelphia was the easy pick. It was the sexy pick. And I know everybody hates the Cowboys, and I certainly don't love them. But they finished 12-5 and five the last two years. Doesn't mean they're going to win a playoff game, but it makes them one of the NFC's most stable teams. The Cowboys have a very good roster that can win through the air or on the ground or with their defense. And they in the offseason, they added wide receiver Brandon Cooks and quarterback Stephon Gilmore to bolster what was already a great roster. I think that they are a playoff team without a doubt. Some might even think a title contender. I'm not going that far. But I think they get to 12 wins, probably win this division. Philadelphia comes in 12 or 11 wins, very, very close. But I think it's the Cowboys on top of the division this year. And the dog to me is the Washington Commanders. Reason? Because they're the Washington Commanders. (laughs) (laughs) Probably good enough. Good enough. Okay, fine. That's good enough for me. All right, guys, before we get to one of my favorite segments, which is sports through the ages. Let's talk a little college football. You know, we've got the, the ASU situation. What, how terrible is that? You know, our, our local team, but Dave, you're an ASU you know, fan. I'm not, you know, I'm a, I'm a fan of my teams in the West and the now demolished PAC 12, but this is just a bad situation, a self-imposed ban on the postseason essentially penalizing the coaching staff and the players that are there now for what happened under the old regime, and there's no penalty for them whatsoever. And and this, this is just, it stinks. It may even be the right thing to do. It may save you know, harsher penalties from the NC2A is, is down the road. Is that why they do you know? that? Why, I, I why would you why. self-impose yeah. a penalty on yourself because the NCAA will take it easy on you when they come up with their final decision? Is that why they do this? I think I think getting rid of uh, Herman and all the coaches that were there took care of the situation. So I don't understand the bull ban either. And and they're comparing this to Tennessee, which Tennessee just didn't get a bull ban but got a, you know, a stiff fine. So I don't know if they're, they're, they were trying to hold off on a stiff fine or, or what, but it makes no sense to me. And I'll have more in my in my uh, crunch time coming up on that. I'll I'll bypass this for now. Yeah, I think it's a really weird situation to just impose something like that on yourself. And I guess we'll see what the repercussions are. And if I, I haven't done as much research as I should have done on this situation because I really don't like ASU, but I'm a Southern no California guy. Yeah, because <laughs> you don't really care, do you? Phoenix is, is a top 10 city in the nation. I mean, I, I'm surprised that ASU has not been better. 
You know, it's the weather. Yeah, it's a bit hot, but they have great facilities. I, I've never understood why ASU didn't contend every single year for the Pac-12. Well, on top of that, it, Arizona high school athletic, high school football players, they're now easily in the top ten as far as you know, as far as you know, scholarships and and just pure talent. Uh, some would even argue maybe even top six or seven at this point. I mean, so there's, really, no re- there's no reason why both Arizona State and U of A can load up on the best players in Arizona, get some guys from California and Texas, and be the best team in the in the Pac-12 every year. Now they're going to have to compete with stiffer competition in the Big 12. But, you know, to that point, in terms of, you know, local talent and recruiting, I mean, listen, you've got Texas, you have California, you have Florida, right, probably turning out, you know, more – top recruits than any other states but then here's well yeah ohio but then you then you have arizona which is able to recruit heavily in california they should be able to recruit texas so i would think that they would be in what'd you say dave top six maybe i I mean i wouldn't be surprised they they should be near there i think they've been high school football players have been in the top 10 and arizona's been in the top 10 for a while i i would argue probably top eight some at least at this point yeah and and they should be, Bill. To your point, they should they should be better with that with that ability. All right. So going into this, you know, this great college football weekend, you know, and and Bill, I'm going to start with you. You probably follow it, you know, globally, you know, more than the rest of us. What are you What are you looking for? Like, what would be? I guess the question I have, What would be your big surprise out of college football this year? Because you know, Georgia's going to be good. Alabama's going to be good. I mean, we know what we can. What's going to be consistent? But what would be your big surprise? Yeah, I'd have. To, I mean, I, that was going to be the two things I was going to say. Uh, Alabama, Georgia doesn't win the national championship, mm-hmm. but there's some decent teams this year that people don't really know about, and that they could contend. Um, I'll just throw out a couple names: Utah, Texas Tech, uh, North Carolina. There's a couple teams that could surprise. And pre-segment to my betting with Bill. You, you got to go easy week one. You're not going to win everything week one. You got to take it easy. You don't get a lot of information on these colleges before the game start, so you need to see the results. But I've got some picks when we get to Bill's betting highlights. You want to go over a few games? Uh, some yeah, go for games? it. Uh, well, starting well, of course, this podcast comes out Friday, so this game already played. But uh, number fourteen, Utah hosts Florida um, on a was a Thursday night, so or Thursday afternoon, I guess. So that, that's that's a cool game to start off with. And there's a lot of these, you know, paycheck games that you know, along the way. I'm not going to mess with those. But number 12, Tennessee hosts Virginia. Number 25, Iowa hosts Utah State. I don't think that's a gimme for Iowa at all. Uh, uh, let me tell you, Iowa's favored by 25 and a half points. Oh. Iowa should not be favored by 25 points no, against yeah. anybody. <laughs> They're probably going to win. I may have to They're pro- not going to score 25 points. I'm, I may have to get Utah State to cover that's on that good, one. That's good, Bill. Uh, number two, Michigan against East Carolina. 17, TCU. Against Dion's boys, the Colorado Buffaloes. That'd be a fun game. Yeah. That'd be fun, yeah, for all the sideshow stuff. Uh, some big, sky, a couple of teams have been involved in Big Sky. Uh, number fifteen, Oregon hosts Portland State. Uh, number nineteen, Wisconsin hosts Buffalo. Uh, some other ones. Um, Notre Dame. Uh, they are back home. They'll take on Tennessee State. Number three, Ohio State at Indiana. That smells funny. Uh, maybe I. I know Indiana. Indiana program. was right in that game last year. Yeah, a couple I, plays mm-hmm. turned it. Uh, they. Had an outside chance to win, but they were going to cover easily, and Ohio State hammered them at the end. Yeah, number 10, Washington hosts Boise State. That's got a little bit of a sneaker there. Uh, I only mention this for two things. One, uh, number one, Georgia opens up play against Tennessee Martin. <laughs> Poor Jerry Partridge, former uh, defensive coordinator at, a- at NAU. He is on that Tennessee Martin defensive staff now, and uh, when he gets back to Tennessee, his first team that he faces as a staff member is number one, Georgia. So. 
Best of luck, Jerry. We love you. All right, and in in coming weeks, we'll have we'll have more college football. We'll pick a few key games each year that will or each week that we'll break down and talk about. All right, right now, let's move on to our next segment. It is sports through the ages. Dave Zorn had the privilege this week. Sports through the ages. This week, we look at a former NBA player that was kept out of the NBA for several years for being connected to a scandal in his hometown of New York City. That man was Connie Hawkins. Hawkins was a playground legend in the Bed-Stuy section of Brooklyn who was known for being one of the first high flyers in the game. He played high school basketball and was a fixture at the famous Rucker Park, which was a legendary outdoor court where basketball players from all over the world would come to play, where Hawkins first played against Will Chamberlain. Connie didn't play much until his junior season at Boys High School, but during his senior year, he averaged over 25 points a game. He then signed to play at the University of Iowa. During Hawkins' freshman season with the Hawkeyes, a point-shaving scandal surfaced in New York City with his name attached to it. Connie had borrowed $200 from New York City attorney Jack Molinas, who was the center of the scandal. The connection cost not only Hawkins' career at Iowa, but also in the NBA. The league had a policy barring players who were even remotely close to point shaving. He went undrafted in 1964 and 1965 before being formally banned in 1966. Hawkins played one season for the Pittsburgh Wrens of the American Basketball League. After the league folded, Connie then went to play for the Harlem Globetrotters for four years. During this time, Connie filed a $6 million lawsuit against the NBA for unfairly banning him from the league. His lawyers told him to play in the New American Basketball Association, or the ABA, so he could showcase his talents. In his first season, Hawkins led the Pittsburgh Pipers the 1968 ABA Championship. The next season, the Pipers moved to Minnesota, however his season ended after 47 games due to knee surgery. Finally, Connie got his chance. The NBA settled the lawsuit for $1.3 million, and his dream of playing in the NBA would soon be realized. In 1969, Hawkins signed with the Phoenix Suns, where he played a full season and averaged nearly 25 points and over 10 rebounds a game. In the 1970 NBA playoffs, the Suns were knocked out by the Los Angeles Lakers in the semifinals in seven games in which Hawkins carried the Suns against a Lakers team that had Wilt Chamberlain, Elgin Baylor, and Jerry West on the roster. Connie averaged 25 points, 15 rebounds, and seven assists a game in the series. In 1973, he would then join the Lakers, but struggled averaging just 11 points a game. He finished his career in 1975 with the Atlanta Hawks. Connie only played seven seasons in the NBA, but his time with the Suns garnered him a spot in the Suns' ring of honor, and he was inducted in the Basketball Hall of Fame in 1992 for not only his NBA career, but his accomplishments in the ABA and ABL. Hawkins spent the final years of his life working in community relations with the Suns and was seen at many games throughout the years. On a personal note, my mom was a huge fan of Hawkins and the Suns during this time with the team. For their anniversary, I bought her and my stepfather really nice tickets to a Suns game back in the early 2000s. She told me afterward how much fun she had, and Connie Hawkins sat two rows behind her. They exchanged hellos, smiles, and handshakes, and said goodbye when the game was over. She was thrilled. Hawkins passed away after a battle of cancer in 2017 at the age of 75. I'm Dave Zorn with this week's Sports Through the Ages. Fantastic job, Dave. Really, really good. Really he, good. I, my, my, one of my memories of Connie Hawkins is he could palm a basketball like I'm holding a softball. <laughs> yeah. He still couldn't in his like, 60s, too. Yeah, yeah. I remember seeing him do it. Yeah, it was, that's amazing. That made mine look bad, Dave. Thanks. Well, that's <laughs> my, you know, my production value. Yeah, now, it was re- very good. Really good job. And listen, we remember you know, what should have been a lengthy and great NBA career. Connie Hawkins was a terrific player. We only got to see him for a little bit. I you know, remember a lot of his ABA years. I remember some of his son's years. And you know what a terrific talent that he was. His, 
you know, he was probably some years ahead of his time, the way that he played the position. But um, Dr. Yeah, J, a great story. Yeah. He always reminded me yeah. of the same. You know, well, putting this together, I didn't really know about the the, the point shaving scandal and, and that actually kept him out of the league. And, and I honestly, I didn't realize the the history that he had with Will Chamberlain, I didn't I didn't know it went back to the Rucker Park area. I mean, mm-hmm. that was high school, and but he I, I watched a little bit of a documentary. I I think the NBA put together uh, years ago, and he mentioned that you know when Will grew up in Philadelphia, he would come down to New York City and play in those Rucker Park things, and that's where the first two um, started going head to head. And of course, that carried into the NBA, and and there we have it. You know, years later, they're playing against each other in the in the seven in 1970 Western Conference semifinals. So. Absolutely. He had 15 rebounds against the Lakers. That Lakers team, that's incredible. Yeah, yeah. Great job. Great job. One of my favorite segments of our podcast, the Sports Through the Ages. And the fact that we're going to get to do this each week from all different kinds of angles. Casey will probably even bring some soccer. Oh, there'll be into some it. soccer, I'm some, sure. Some, some there soccer, will be some, some soccer, soccer into it. Eventually, <laughs> I'll, I'll go easy at first, though. Okay. All right. Very good. All right. It's time for to find out what is on Bill's mind. Betting with Bill. What is. What is your hot tip of the week? It's Bill? it's a big week. The first real week, week one, they had week zero, which zero isn't really a number. And <laughs> football players wear zero now. I don't understand that. But again, go easy, watch and learn. Um, the holiday weekend, we have games starting tomorrow, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. A lot of big games. We touched briefly on Utah versus Florida. Florida lost their last three games of the year last year. Florida State, I'm not a surprise. They got hammered by Oregon State, 31-3, to and they lost to Vanderbilt, the worst team in the SEC, big time. They got blown out. So Florida is not the team that we remember. I'm going Utah, uh, minus six. Cam Rising, who is a quarterback for the Utah Utes, who looks like a fullback, but he's he, he might not play. I can't get information to confirm that, but even if he doesn't, Whittingham will have somebody ready. I also like Nebraska, and that's – been a lot of years since I've said that. They play Minnesota. They're getting six points. Matt Rule was a great college coach. He turned around programs at Temple and Baylor. He's at Nebraska. I watched a 15-minute long video on what he's doing at practice, and college is better suited for him. He's turned around a couple different programs. There's lots of electricity, and they did a $50 million uh, facilities upgrade at Nebraska. And uh, one of my buddies in town, Rob Evans, uh, we're going to go back. I want to go to a Nebraska game, and I'm I'm looking for big things this year for them. Texas Tech, we touched briefly on that. I think they're going to contend for the Big 12. Uh, I really like them. They're favored by 14.5 at Wyoming this Saturday. I also like the Oklahoma over. Oklahoma averages like 50 points a game, so um, they'll probably win this 60-5 to and, and cover. North Carolina, they have a great quarterback. Drake May was a freshman last year. Um, he's a, a Heisman candidate. They're two-and-a-half-point favorites versus South Carolina, and uh, I'm just waiting to see what happens. Week one, you get you have to take notes. You have to be prepared if you're going to bet every week. Look at the box scores and do your homework. Absolutely. Betting with Bill. Appreciate it. All right, it's time to bring it back home. Let's bring it back local. Uh, again, uh, this segment – is one of our favorites, an opportunity for us to get a feel for what's going on, prep sports in our area right here in Flagstaff and the rest of Coconino County, of course, NAU as well. This is Sports Around the Mountain, brought to you by the Doghouse, Flagstaff's favorite comfort food. 
Well, we'll start with NEU since it was a good segue coming out of college football with Bill. And uh, NEU uh, will take on the Arizona Wildcats on Saturday uh, down in Tucson. Last time they played two years ago, NEU got their first win in almost 100 years against them, uh, 20 to 19, where they got to take the victory, kneel down on the A at midfield. And I'm like, wow, that's just so good. Um, I don't know if it happens this time, but I will say I'll, I'll kind of repeat uh, what uh, um, Arizona's coach said earlier this week is that both programs have been through a big changes. There have been transfers for both that have come in. Um, both have, are completely different teams. Uh, the last time that uh, that uh, any of you played U of A, Martinez was a quarterback. Now he's a Baylor. Uh, so it's a completely different quarterback, completely different running backs, completely different defensive system for any of you. Uh, probably the same for U of A. So it's a completely different game here. Um, Bill, did you, did you, is there a line on that? I don't know if you even looked. I can get that for you. And, and I just want to throw in my two cents. Uh, revenge is a huge motivator in college football, and the yeah. coaches are going to prey yeah. on that. I, I have a feeling this could get very ugly, but I'll try to get the point spread for you now. Um, you know, so when NEU went down there and, and played U of A before, it was, it was not the best NEU team assembled. That's what's even crazier is that they won that game without the best talent or any a lot of talent, really. This is a very deep and, I think, talented NEU football team going down there. Now, I'm not saying they're going to beat U of A. I don't think, actually don't think they will. But this is going to set up, I think, what could be a good year for NEU because they, they're depth at quarterback. They've got depth at re- everywhere, depth on the offensive line, depth at receiver, depth on defense, especially the D-line. Um, and they're, they're, they've all come from transfers from other – Good FCS colleges and, and good FBS programs. So I, I think this is the most talented team that NU has had. I don't know if they win this week, but I think they're going to have a pretty good year. I'm just going to kind of have to wait and see how everything folds out. Of course, health always plays into it. On um, the high school level, we've got uh, we're through week one. Um, Coconino was uh, victorious over Carl Hayden with a uh, uh, 51 to nothing win over the Falcons. Um, it was 44 nothing at halftime, and then the running they had the running clock after that. Uh, Kokio's defense looked good. They held uh, Carl Hayden without a first down until three minutes left in the game. Uh, plays made all over. It was what I was impressed with is it's almost like they they had the Carl Hayden playbook for the whole game, offensive defense. They knew where the holes were. They knew where the running back was going to be, and they had no idea what Carl Hayden was going to have because they had a new coach. But they were they were locked in. They were they were mentally sound, and they dominated a team they should be dominating. So that, that's good going forward. They're off this week. They play uh, the Pace and Longhorns next week. Flagstaff came out, we were kind of looking, okay, what's this new team look? What's the energy look like? They look good, uh, but there were still some holes. Um, you know, Greenway's offensive line opened up massive holes in the second and third quarter and basically ran at will on them. That's got to be stopped this week. Um, I think Chase, Chase Brown had a, a pretty good game, two touchdowns, 250 yards passing. Um, and their running back, Jaden Wetzel, almost went for 150 yards and a couple touchdowns. There's a lot to like there, and their offensive line looked good. So there's a lot to like there. He's got to fix some things. And the timing between Jace Brown and his receivers, it's not there yet. But when it comes, man, they're going to they're gonna put up some points. So I, if you're an Eagle fan, you like what you see so far. Even though they lost 35-33 to Greenway, there's a lot to like out of the Eagle program. Uh, got to give some props uh, to uh, the Flagstaff Eagles girls flag football team. The first time in Arizona that this is, uh, is underway uh, in a competitive sport. Uh, they beat uh, Marcos Deniza Tuesday night, nineteen to six. When this airs, they would already play Awa Fria, who lost in their first round. So we're hoping that Flag is now two and zero in the in Flag football. Coach Tyrone Johnson, who's the girls basketball coach, is taking on that football program. And I've noticed the roster. 
I think there's like 80% of the, of the girls' basketball team is playing flag football, which I think is kind of cool. I noticed a lot of names on there. So that's really neat. I, I plan on, on going to a couple of their games this year just to kind of check it out and see how fun it is. Every, everybody I've talked to said it's kind of a blast, and, and uh, it's, it's interesting to see where that's going to go because the AIA has talked about if this works and a lot of people are, are excited about it, they may go full contact down the line. So we'll see what happens there. Okay, very good. To Dave's uh, question, um, they don't always have point spreads when Division One teams play Division Two teams, and there is no spread on that U of A uh, NAU game. So it's a pick 'em. Yeah. Oh, good. Yeah, yeah it's it's a pick 'em. Darn, I was really hoping to bet. The, you know, I, you know, I'm a part of the broadcast team, so I don't bet on. It, so. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. All right. Anyway, great job, sports around the mountain, uh, giving you what's happening here locally in Coconino County. All right, guys, we're just about to wrap up. It's time for crunch time. And we always love this last segment. Now, each of you get a minute. You can take a minute. You can take less. You just can't take two. Okay. Dave? I'm going to take two. (laughs) Casey, I'm going to start with you this week. All right. So we talked about it a little bit earlier, but the Angels have waived almost every single trade piece they got at the deadline. And I just wanted to get you guys' perspective on this. They waived Lucas Giolito, who's supposed to come in and be uh, an all-star, top-of-the-rotation kind of guy for them. Now he's gone. Ronaldo Lopez, gone. Uh, Hunter Renfro, gone. They're just blowing it up. They're trying to get – they're saving money for the luxury tax, whatever, $7 million. I get it. But Shohei, guess what? He's gone. Uh, that's a good point. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Where he goes, though, there's going to be a lot more teams that are going to be able to get into that bidding now because he's probably worth – I'm not going to say half of what he was worth before. Definitely but worth it's, less. But he's definitely worth less. Not worthless. Just worth way, less. <laughs> teams that are in the in the playoff hunt right now, they could pick up those players and they would be eligible for playoff rosters. So Interesting, I want yeah. I want to see the D-backs pick up that pitcher and the the relief pitcher that was like their best bullpen guy. Dimebacks, go get those two. Yeah. Okay. Um, crunch time for Bill. Um, as the NFL season prepares to begin, I, I want to talk about the Arizona Cardinals. This organization has struggled at many levels, ownership, front office, and the players. With uh, another expected rough season this year, they could have uh, the first two picks in the first round of the NFL draft. I don't believe that's ever happened. I'm going to have to do some research on that. I think they should cut bait with Kyler Murray. He's a super athletic guy. I don't think he knows how to be a leader. Last season, Murray scored on an unbelievable, fantastic 25-yard scramble out of the pocket. He turned around, wanted to celebrate with his teammates. They're all jogging back to the bench. I don't think the players like him. They don't respect him. He's not a winner. Um, he, the, the players are, are struggling. Your quarterback needs to lead, let alone watch um, and follow Murray. Um, he needs to... To grow up. I, I believe the Cardinals should cut bait. They'd be better without him and just start over. Okay. Surprised they haven't done it already. <laughs> My turn? Yeah. All right. Well, as a longtime Arizona State football fan, I am ticked off at the school's boy bowl band. Not because they didn't deserve it, because of the timing. Why Ray Anderson remains the athletic director of Arizona State is beyond me. All of ASU's teams are underperforming from football to basketball to baseball, even hockey. We just got a new arena. It underperforms. Alumni are mad and not spending like before, but he's still there. Michael Crow, what are you waiting for? Send him packing and fix this mess. My best to the football coaching staff at ASU, who does not deserve this. I know half the coaches there, and they are, I think they're still the right people to bring the Sun Devil football program back to respectability, and I think they will, but it'll be a tough year this year. 
All right. Very good. Now, and I'm going to swing it the other way. You know, in, in baseball, and baseball is all about its numbers, right? We love the chase for home runs. And, you know, the few times that players have exceeded 60 home runs, very rare. But even more rare is 60 doubles. Freddie Freeman right now has 50 doubles. And let me tell you, 60 double seasons have only happened six times in the American League and National League in the history of gameplay. In 1931, Earl Webb, T. Joe Medwick in 1936, T. Darky, George Darky Burns Medwick. in 1926, Medwick. Hank Greenberg in 1934, Paul what Paul Wainer in 1932, and Charlie Geringer in 1936 as a baseball fan. I hope Freddie Freeman gets to 60, not just because he's a Dodger, but just because I love baseball and these numbers. He will accomplish something that hasn't been done since the 1930s. That would be awesome. Oh, I'm rooting really for Freddie for Freeman to That's hit 60 doubles. That's a great stat, and I think we need to save it for next week. We should have a National League MVP. There's three or four guys that are very deserving. I think we each take a guy and decide why he should be winner. Sure. I'm down for that. All right, Casey. Stay tuned. Casey, did you take notes? You're the producer. You got us, right? <laughs> yeah, I got it. <laughs> you got it. We, I didn't guess. T- we didn't take notes on that. That's your job. No, I got it. meeting Monday then, do we? <laughs> yep. All right, guys. That's going to wrap it up for this week. Great show. Great sports through the ages. Bill will be watching your betting tips. Casey, great job as always, pushing all the right buttons. Listen, for Casey Everett, Dave Zorn, Bill Unkovich, I'm Jeff Kennedy. Thanks for listening. And remember, national security is not at stake. We're not solving the world's problems. We're just talking sports. That's all it is. Now, what are you going to do? Good morning. Morning. Oh, and in case I don't see you, good afternoon, good evening, and good night. So this is Vin Scully wishing you a very pleasant good afternoon wherever you may be. <laughs>